This is Late Nights, only on Cape Talk. So you may have heard this story that a a cyclist uh, escaped serious injury on Saturday after falling victim to a wire which had been pulled across the trail uh, at neck height on the Glen Trail in uh, in Camps Bay. Uh, And uh, members of the Table Mountain Bikers Group say that uh, despite the fact that this particular trail has been open to cyclists for the last couple of years, um, cyclists using the route do experience particular resistance from other trail users. Uh, And uh, I'm joined on the line now by Robert Vogel, who is founder of Table Mountain Bikers. Robert, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us. Good evening, Sarah Jane. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So I'm very, very familiar uh, with this uh, with this part of uh, with this part of Cape Town. I'm, I live in Camps Bay. I walk my dog every day uh, in the Glen, um, and and I have to say, as um, as a as a dog walker and a, and a user of the uh, of the uh, of the area, I'm always delighted when I see other people using uh, using the area. It's it's such we are so lucky to have this uh, this this area. Um, I certainly am. So close, you know, literally on my doorstep, and I'm always delighted. And I have to say, I'm I'm always I've never had a bad experience. Uh, just give us a a, a, a sort of fill us in on what happened recently with the, with this cyclist. It was on Saturday, I believe. It was Saturday, about one p.m. He said um, he was coming down the Glen Trail, uh, rather quite high up, not near the picnic site. If you know the area, you'll know where that is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was coming down and. Saw the wire last second, couldn't avoid it. Caught him around his neck and yanked him off his bicycle. You know, and that trail's quite narrow. It's got drop-offs on either side as well. So, I mean, first of all, the wire can cause some serious injury. Uh, and then, he, as he fell, he was lucky enough to stay on the trail. So, it was. That's in a nutshell what happened. Now, my understanding is that since 2016, cyclists have been permitted to use the trail. Now, I do know that prior to that, um, even though cyclists weren't permitted, some people did did use um, some cyclists did uh, did use the trail, and I know that because, as I say, I live in the area, uh, and uh, and and I know that there were there were people, particularly dog walkers from the dog walking fraternity, as we as we seem to be, who didn't who didn't like that. Do you believe then, then therefore, that the 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 perpetrator of of this incident on Saturday is a disgruntled local person? Uh, who would rather that cyclists weren't there? You don't think it was sort of uh, a, a kid's prank that that went awry or got out of hand? Uh, I don't think it was a prank. I mean, we've got some history there that about, I think, 16 months, 14, 16 months ago, um, a cyclist caught somebody red-handed putting obstacles on the trail in roughly the same vicinity. So we've got that, which sort of leads us to believe that that was a local resident uses the trail for his pleasure and uh, we think is not so keen to share it with cyclists you know i mean in the end like you say you walk yourself you go there you take your dog and i mean we ride there on our bicycles so we choose to use those trails on bicycles in the end we all residents in the same city we share the same trails cycling has become quite popular um, and that's what led us to sort of start this campaign and and go to sand parks and request to get some of those trails opened. And I mean, a lot of them have been used by non-cyclists legally for decades. And now that that status quo has changed, where normal residents have said, may I use this trail on a bicycle? You know, we don't really understand why there is this kind of animosity amongst some trail users who seem to feel 
they've got some sort of right to these trails, historical right. I don't know what it is, entitlement. You know, of course, there'll always be people that are not happy, and we agree to disagree in some cases, but we try and follow the rules and be courteous. You have positive experiences, and so do we have other trail users. You know, we have dog walkers that we see, we stop, we greet, we chat. Why can't it be like that for everybody? Yeah, and, and I have to say, my experience, and you're right, my experience it is a positive one in that particular area. My experience with 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 cyclists in other areas isn't, but 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 that that's life, isn't it? I, I have that that's my I I, I take quite a a, a pragmatic uh, view on that. I've had some rather unpleasant incidents at, at Deer Park with with a couple of cyclists out of the entire cycling community. So I mean, these these have been isolated incidents, um, and you know, and and. For me, particularly, you know, as somebody who who walks their dog, I'm very aware that I have a responsibility with with my dog um, to to use the the space responsibly. Um, and yeah, as I say, I've never had a problem with I've never had a problem um, with uh, with cyclists. And sometimes I always cringe when uh, you know suddenly my dog runs in front of a cyclist, and I think, oh my goodness, this is going to be you know this. But but I, but it's always been perfectly pleasant. What is your next? point of, of action then and I should just say how is the the, uh, the, the guy in question well I spoke to him a few two days ago he's fine I mean he's got it says it's a bit difficult to swallow sometimes um, but he's okay um, he's quite upbeat about the whole thing um, we've uh, he has and I have spoken to the rangers of sand parks uh, they're on patrol actually a friend of mine sent me a WhatsApp today and saying that he saw a ranger on patrol in the Glen. So they are actively looking and just having a presence there. Um, so the next course of action is really to identify who, who the person is um, and then just, I think, follow a legal process. I think this is a, a bit too serious for us just to say it's a, you know, it's just something not to really deal with. I mean, somebody could have ended up in hospital and like I said, the other down to John Matham, you know, you've got, we assume, an adult uh, who's laid this trap, gone home uh, to his family, we assume, and he sits there, has a drink, has dinner, knowing full well that somebody might end up in hospital because of his action. That's and I don't think, you know, I, I don't think something like that should, should just be left to go. And we just need to find out who he is, uh, get a lawyer involved and sit down with a guy and have a discussion about how to take this further. I mean, I think it really is that serious. I mean, we've had incidents that we've read about in Canada where an elderly lady was booby-trapping a child. She got caught and and ended up in front of a judge. There was a similar case to the one we've had in the Glen in Germany uh, not too long ago that I read about. He was caught and also put in front of a judge. I just think, you know, we just need to set an example here just to get everybody back onto a level, level playing field here. We've had uh, we've had a message in uh, on the uh, WhatsApp that says that hi SJ please ask your guest uh, what is his feeling about the biker attitude on this trail we see bad behaviour of cyclists on the roads have you seen it on the trail they're rude they're pushing for time it, again in my experience and I will put your question uh, to Robert in my experience in the Glen I haven't experienced I, I had that's not something that I've experienced uh, and and if I did I would I would say so I have certainly experienced it in other in other places but not in the Glen. Um, Robert, I'll, uh, I'll, put, uh, I'll put the question to you. Well, look, I'm not going to say that all, the, all cyclists are angels. We've got problem cyclists, um, and I freely admit that, and we try and 
get to everybody and just say to them, listen, just behave yourselves on the trail. When there's nobody around, you know, you can let the brakes go. But, you know, if you're coming up in an area where you don't have a good line of sight or a sharp bend ahead and you can't see anybody coming, just slow down. If you see people ahead, slow down for them. Let them know you're there. So, I don't know. I mean, we have bad cycling on the road. We have bad driving on the road. I mean, we've got 14,000 fatalities on the road, you know, so it's a dangerous place to ride a bicycle or be a pedestrian. The trails, a lot of people ride off-road to get away from the road traffic. But, yes, we have rogue cyclists, and I'll just say, to be fair, we have rogue dog walkers, trail runners. We've got all of them. Everybody's got them in their community. You know, how do you deal with that? I think it's just always about raising awareness, asking people to behave follow the rules, be courteous, be friendly, and just accept that you're sharing a space. And if we share it, you know, then you're going to avoid accidents. Uh, purely as a way of playing devil's advocate, I mean, you know, as I say, I haven't, I haven't personally in the Glen experienced anything negative from cyclists, but there will be people who say that they have. Um, if, if they have, are you, do you want people to get in touch with you? I mean, of course they may not have anything to do with you, but do you want to be aware j- just as a way of having a, a dialogue between users of, of trails? Absolutely. I mean, it's been like that since we started um, talking to Sand Parks about trail permission. I mean, that was a three-year process that cost the cycling community uh, about 220,000 rand, which we paid for. Um, and in that agreement with Sand Parks, with the city of Cape Town, because we've got public o- uh, uh, trails and public open spaces as well, uh, we've got trail access through Kirstenbosch, um, I've interacted with a lot of users in all four areas, and um, we've all agreed that any issues are brought to my attention. I've volunteered to deal with all of those. I've been on site visits in the Constantia Greenbelts. I've engaged with uh, non-cyclists around Lion's Head, Signal Hill, the Glen as well. Um, and we, we communicate with each other. And I think that open dialogue that I'm quite happy to have goes a long way to sort of getting rid of some misconceptions and just easing some tension and just for people to know that cyclists are also trying to educate their fellow cyclists just to behave themselves. So I'm more than willing to engage with anybody. I don't have all the answers, Mm. but I'm happy to talk about possible solutions. We've got a couple of ideas around the Glen um, that I want to discuss with Sand Parks when I'm back in Cape Town on Monday. And um, they're very open to it as well. So we have a very good relationship. They don't take anybody's side. They just look at what's right and what's wrong. Robert, in terms of in terms of cycling etiquette, and and I guess I, I'm wondering, and again, sort of rather playing devil's advocate here, if 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 perhaps an issue isn't um, that the that, that often, and this has happened to me before, I can be walking and suddenly out of nowhere, uh, four cyclists just suddenly seem to appear at great speed. The cyclists that I've personally encountered um, are are not out for a, a sort of um, sedentary ride. It's it's like a, you know, this is these are these are um, sort of adrenaline junkie speed and and all, and all that kind of thing. It's never re- I've never seen anyone uh, just sort of with their kids pedaling along happily. That but 
do you think that that could be part of the part of the the issue is that there is this kind of it is a it is an adrenaline based sport it is quite a, uh, a you know a high energy sport the speed sometimes that you guys are getting up i mean it, it amazes me that you that you guys don't don't end up with broken bones every day but do, do you think that, that that that's part of it do you guys do you have an a, a sort of cycling etiquette well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of etiquette around cycling. Yeah, uh, speed is the one. I mean, that's always the the problem, um, the encounter, because a, a pedestrian or a walker walks at a certain speed. I don't know, four or five k's an hour, depending. They're very slow. So compared to that, the cyclist always seems a lot faster. They might not be going that fast. I mean, there's a there's a difference. The cyclist at speed is completely out of control, is a danger to himself and everyone else around him. But somebody who's going faster than a somebody on foot but is well in control so if i was going down the glen and i encountered you coming up with your dog i I would be aware that there are other users in the area so already i'm aware of my environment my fingers are always on my brakes and if i think i can't see far enough ahead i slow down which means when we encounter each other you're not going to you're not going to be scared but the other side of it is if i'm coming up behind you our bikes these days are so highly tuned. They're very quiet. Very you know, quiet. Very quiet. So what I'm also asking people to use is bike bells. Oh, yes. And you get a lot of cyclists who go, Ooh, I've got a 20, 30, 40,000 rand bike or even more expensive than that. I don't want a horrible little bell on my handlebar. But I say, <sighs> doesn't matter. I've got one. I've got four or five different bells. You know, you can buy a 10 rand bell. You can buy a 500 rand bell. And put it on your bike ring and just alert people to your presence and you know what initially people think oh what's that sound they're not really paying attention to it because their mind's not tuned to it but once you're in your outdoor environment and your 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 ears are tuned into listening for a bell then you already know what to do that interaction between a cyclist and a non-cyclist is so short we pass each other within three or four seconds yeah then the walker can go back to enjoying themselves in the quiet environment and the cyclist goes back to doing what they do. Mm. It is that little bit where we cross over, where our paths cross. That is the critical moment where it really depends on how we prepare for that, how we react or respond, and how we deal with that situation. So that's the point that I'm trying to get cyclists to be aware of it and say, if you want to race, there's a place to do that, but it's not necessarily the Glen or Kirstenbosch or the lower parts of Deer Park where you get a lot of people walking with their dogs. And you know that they are there. As the walker knows, cyclists use that area. Mm. Everybody should just, because you've also got to just remember, Table Mountain National Park, as cyclists, we have a a minute space to use. The rest is open to anybody that is not cycling. So these buffer areas where, where they're close to the urban area, where we go for a quick walk with our dogs in the afternoon or we go for a quick ride after work. Those are your critical areas. We're not allowed to go onto the top of the mountain. There are a lot of areas we can't go to. Mm. So we're not trying to take over the mountain. I've just asked for areas that are that seem logical, where people have been riding for years and years and years, not legal. Let's try and make those areas legal. Then we all understand what the parameters are. But you're right. Speed is your main issue. Everybody brings it up. It's always the one. And it's if I had the answer for it, I'd give it to you, but I don't. It's just common sense and respect and tolerance. I mean, it's sharing. That's what it is, you know, difficult to manage. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Robert, thanks so much for joining us uh, this evening. Great to have you on the show. Thanks very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you.